You found it again, the SIFT podcast. This is the SIFT football podcast uh, where we talk about the AFC West with the mayor. I hope you enjoy. Another uh, SIP podcast, save it for the football podcast. This week we're talking the AFC West. AFC West uh, playing the NFC South and the AFC East. Um, And we'll talk about those teams in just a minute. But first I'd like to say hello again to the mayor. How are you, mayor? I'm doing really well, Mr. Professor. Uh, It's been been about a week since we did our last recording, so we're... Chug along here in episode three. We are still looking for that sponsor to go ahead and jump on board with us. We'll gladly, we'll gladly take care of you if you so desire. So, how are you? I'm good. I'm I'm back back in the garage again today. Um, we have the storm rolling in, so I'm we're starting to get a little bit of a breeze actually. Um, I don't know if that's the storm, but uh, I'm in the garage and it's uh, a little breezy. But I don't think that's going to uh, bother anybody. It feels nice. Uh, let's go ahead and talk about the Las Vegas Raiders. So uh, where do you see the Las Vegas Raiders um, uh, this year, Mayor? Well, we, um, they, they spent a lot of money on a field, didn't they? They'll, they'll eventually get to have some fans, fans at their game. Maybe next season. Well, they got Derek Carr. He's got some competition to kind of give him a through the backup role. Marcus Mariotti signed him as the backup. He's been impressive, John Gruden, so far, but that's kind of John Gruden's line for pretty much anything. They um, bring in veteran J- Jason Witten on a one year deal. They got Josh Jacobs, who didn't disappoint last year, 1,250 yards. Devontae Brooks, Jeremy Hill. I mean, this. John Gruden is slowly building an offense that is going to, you know, I think pay dividends here in the next couple of seasons. But this season, I see them going about eight and eight. All right. And before I give you my prediction, um, what uh, if I gave you the over under of 10 games started for Derek Carr, would you take the over or under this year for Derek Carr 10 games started? I would take the over barring no injury. All right. That's baked in. I, I think it. I'm going to go under because I think there's a reason they brought in Marcus Mariota. Um, I don't think John Gruden, Gruden loves, uh, loves Derek Carr, and that's no secret. It's a testy relationship, and that's a, always a bad thing. I have them going 6-10. and 10. I, I see it being kind of a tough year. They are building a team. John Gruden's definitely got a plan. Uh, they're definitely going to be a force to be reckoned with at some point, although they're stuck in a division with the Chiefs, uh, who just locked down the best player in the league for 10 years. But um, I think 6-10 and 10 is about where uh, they're going to land this year. Um, all right, let's go ahead and move on to the L.A. Chargers. What do you have the uh, L.A. Chargers at this year? They're the Los Angeles Chargers with Anthony Lynn from 12 and 4, 12 and 4 in 2018 to 5 and 11 in 2019. You know, they have a favorable schedule for them this 
you know, the defense looks really good to get back on track where they were last year, did pretty good in coverage. They signed Joey Bosa to a mega year deal. He's going to, you know, he's going to be a force to be reckoned with on that defense. You know, they got and draft Justin Herbert, a quarterback from Oregon, bringing in Tyrate, Tyrate, or I'm sorry, Tyrod Taylor. You know, they're, um, I see a 10 and six with a possible splash in the playoffs if this offense can get a great rhythm. Yeah, and looking at them, I I w- tend to agree with you. But when I went through their schedule, I did I didn't come up with a lot of wins. I came up with seven and nine. Um, I, their extra games um, besides their conference and or their division and the divisions they play, they have Jacksonville and Cincinnati. Not exactly two world beaters, so that's a pretty good break for them. Um, but uh, I I just don't see them pulling off a lot of wins like do you think they're gonna beat kansas city yeah no i don't have them beating kansas city once this season but i see them pulling off you know uh, over carolina tampa bay atlanta i see them pretty much going through the nfc south and their only loss being in new orleans so they that's where they're going to catch their extra wins so let's go ahead and move on then to the Denver Broncos. What do you got the Broncos doing this year? Well, the Denver Broncos under Vic Vangio, longtime defensive coordinator. You know, they they get that young offense go with Drew Locke, you know, second year out of Missouri. You know, he has all the tools to become a household name, but he needs help to, you know, he needs that help to help him succeed. The Broncos are, you know, only have back-to-back home games twice this year, along with having to play – you know, the in the AFC West, going to be a tough season. Looking up and down the schedule, is tough to see a lot of wins. I see about 4-12. and 12. All right, we're real close on that. I got, I got them going 3-13. and 13. I just think their extra games are Tennessee and Pittsburgh. That's, that's real rough, and that's, those are their first two uh, games, Tennessee and at Pittsburgh. So I don't think they're going to start strong. I think they're going to be one of those teams that we can confidently say uh, by week six or seven are tanking for Trevor. Um, but that's just my prediction. That's uh, that's how I see it. So, uh, I, and so again, I see you. You think they're going to tank for Trevor and dr- ditch to dr- Drew Locke? I believe that's the the way it's going to go. I'm not saying they're headed into the season thinking that way. But if they start off 0-4, 0-5, 0-6, something like that, which would obviously be disastrous, they play Tennessee, Pittsburgh, Tampa Bay, New England, and Kansas City in their first six games. And that's uh, not good. So um, those, are, those are potential losses right there. Maybe they beat the Jets. Maybe they beat the Dolphins. Maybe they beat one of those other teams. But I see them going maybe one and six or one and or two and five, something like that, in their first seven before the bye. And then at the bye week, if you're if you're the Broncos and you're two and five or you're one and six, and it's the bye week, are you tanking for Trevor or are you uh, locked in with Drew Locke? I I think Vic Fangio would get fired if that was the case and. I think they're going to get behind Drew Locke. They just spent, you know, a pick on them. You know, they're a young offense. I think that's just their play. 
All right, then let's move on to the Kansas City Chiefs. How do you see the Chiefs this year? Well, I'm guessing Andy Reid would really like to do a repeat of last season, you know, but going winning back-to-back Super Bowls isn't exactly easy to do. You know, they got Patrick Mahomes signed to a mega deal, you know, and it's really good for all all parties because the, it's a sliding scale pay, so he's always going to get a percentage and it's always going to allow them to go out and get players in the short term. You know, they have spent a lot of money on them, but no one, you know, no, no one really knows. So it's, it's a good, it's a good thing for them. I think the offense, you know, is still going to light people up and they're going to be very hard to beat. And I see their only loss of the season coming in Baltimore in week three, and they're going to be 15 and one. Wow. That's bold. Um, I, I have a different idea. I think they're going to have a good season, but I think they're going to have some rough patches. Um, and I see them actually going 11 and five, just with some bumps in the road. Um, you know, teams tend to not uh, do really, really well the year after the Super Bowl. Uh, that exempts the Patriots. They seem to, to have done well every year with Tom Brady, but um, teams that are not the Patriots, they tend to not do as well the following year. Um, but I still think they'll go 11 and five, win the division. Their extra games, New Orleans and Baltimore, that's a tough draw. Like you said, Baltimore, you know, probably the most likely loss on their schedule. But I see them also losing to New Orleans and a few other games. Uh, but again, winning the division, and they're still going to be the class of the AFC. Um, even if they, you know, their schedule doesn't exactly reflect it, maybe they go 12 and four or something like that. Um, that's going to be the class of the, of the conference. You have anything else to add on the Kansas city chiefs? Do you think the chiefs are going to stay long-term with, um, Mahomes, you know, after year four, they could pretty much cut him for nothing. Do you think that's in the back of their minds, or do you think that's just what they, how they wrote the contract to keep around for a while? I doubt they would be thinking that. I mean, I'm sure that from a business perspective, that uh, probably sounds pretty good legally, uh, but I don't, I don't think they would have that in mind. From a player personnel perspective, I don't see that, uh, that, that happening. Um, the, the reason I have them going 11 and five in part is I think they're going to kind of have things wrapped up um, and, and maybe 12 and four is a little bit of a better prediction, but you know, they've got their last game against the chargers in their division. It may not really matter. Um, they may have the number one seed locked up or they may be locked into the two seed or something like that. If they lost to Baltimore. Um, so uh, that's that's that was my thinking there. Let's take a break and we'll come back uh, and talk about uh, fantasy sleepers, must-haves, and something I uh, have heard is called the zero running back PPR strategy. Right after this, uh, fantasy sleepers, uh, must-haves. Um, would you like to throw out your uh, fantasy sleeper must-have player? Well, I think this player's becoming a hot commodity for the Houston Texans. And Will Fuller, I think he's um, he's going to have a big season, bigger than people expect. And 
you know, he may be someone you want to reach on. And when you're kind of scratching your head to wonder who you're going to pick at this point, you know, I think he is going to be a player that will not disappoint. Right. And, and on the field production's never been an issue, but uh, staying healthy has been a huge issue for Will Fuller. Now he's going to be the number one guy, presumably the number one receiver. So we'll see how that works out. I, I actually wanted to mention, so your sleeper um, from the first week was Marquise Lee, who has decided to take the season off. He's um, breaking his contract for the season. Uh, what do you think about that? You know, that is, that's really why, you know, fantasy football is just so unpredictable. You know, you, I mean, this season more than ever, you know, the going deep into that board and deep into that, you know, roster is going to be so important. You know, some guy is going to get a, get a chance now because he, he didn't, that's, I guess the bright side for that young man and hopefully he can make the most of it and be the next guy. Someone's drafting in fantasy football. Yeah. And, and the, the Patriots aren't exactly deep at wide receivers. So it, it, I feel like it is going to matter losing Marquise Lee. All right. Let me talk a little bit about the zero running back strategy. You know, this is mostly employed in uh, PPR formats. Um, it, and it, name is a little uh, inaccurate, um, but it's called the zero running back strategy to make a point. The idea is to, you know, if you have one of the first few picks, maybe you take one of those guys, um, Christian McCaffrey, Ezekiel Elliott, Alvin Kamara, um, you know, those guys, Saquon. Um, But if you don't get one of those four, five, six picks, if you're towards the end of the first round, then maybe you wait a long, long time to get your running backs. So you take your wide receiver one, your wide receiver two, you get your quarterback or a third wide receiver, and then you start looking at running backs, not until you get to maybe the sixth round. You know, you've picked up maybe one of the better tight ends, and now you're sitting there with a full complement of receivers, the quarterback you were looking for, and a tight end that, you know, definitely is going to get you uh, points at that position. Um, now you have to stack your lineup, the rest of your lineup, with running backs. And some guys you can get in the 10th, 11th, 12th round. Now this is assuming you're in a 10 to 12 team league, not a larger league. Um, and assuming also PPR um, because, you know, a touchdown dependent league, you probably want to go running backs earlier, but you can get guys like Tevin Coleman and, uh, Antonio Gibson. I mentioned as a sleeper on the uh, Washington football team. Um, he's going to be there probably the 10th or 11th round. Sony Michelle for the Patriots, of course, James White, um, in a PPR format, he might be a guy to target. Um, and then Zach Moss, I mentioned him as a sleeper as well. He's probably going to be the goal line guy um, in Buffalo behind Devin Singletary. So he might end up getting more work um, than expected. So what do you think about the zero running back strategy, Mr. Mayor? Well, you know, you're absolutely right that if you don't get one of those top four or five guys, you know, my strategy has really always been, you, 
you're going to be somewhere where you can get the top of something. And then, you know, on your go on your comeback round pick, you know, you, you've got to get the second best of something, you know, and if you don't, you know, unless, like you said, unless it's Christian McCaffrey or, or, you know, Ezekiel Elliott, and there's always crazy things that happen in some of these fantasy football leagues, you know, it's, it's a, a really good thought. You know, the, there's a lot of wide receivers that are going to catch a lot of footballs that become very valuable in PPR. You know, they may not get a ton of yards, but every time you get a half a point of catch, that adds up really quick. So who is, who is like your break-even guy there where you're like, no, I'm not dra- drafting a running back. I'm going with a wide receiver. Who's like that man down your list? You mean who, who? Who would I have to get to to right. feel comfortable if just Nick, skipping? And if going... Aaron Jones is on the board, are you taking him? If it's your pick, or are you going with wide receiver? Going later, I don't exactly know why because it seems like the Packers are wanting to run. So I don't know why that's happening, but I'm seeing that in mock drafts. That would definitely be the the turning point for me. I I wouldn't pick Aaron Jones. I I probably would only pick the first, you know, five running backs in by average draft position. If I was in that spot, I'd I'd take one of those guys in a PPR league. But after that, I, I'm I'm waiting. I'm I'm gonna wait a long time. I I actually did that last year. Um, not. Um, really even on purpose thinking of it as a strategy, but just that's the way things shook out and um, it, 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 it did well for me. So um, I, I endorse this strategy. Obviously if you have a chance to get Saquon or Ezekiel Elliott or somebody like that, um, Christian McCaffrey, certainly you, you got to take them. But um, I think when you get in the latter half of the first round, you start picking up, the wide receivers you just go wide receiver wide receiver you obviously we can talk about this uh next week maybe when we talk about quarterbacks more but it's usually a good idea to wait on your quarterback you always have those um pardon the pun but you have those yahoos in your league who want to go quarterback really early uh for some reason um and they waste their picks uh because those guys just aren't worth it at that at that point but yeah so i mean i just i think that it's uh you know, it's, it's gonna, it's gonna work out. You just have to do a little bit more research to know um, who's going to still be around or who's likely to be around in the eighth and ninth round or the seventh round or the 10th round, Um, you know, and then just know that you got to stack as many of them as you can. Um, Your bench is going to be full of running backs, but that's okay because probably one or two of them is going to break out and one or two of them is going to be serviceable. So you have your RB1 and RB2, and, and you know, you've stacked yourself at other positions. A- anything else on that? No, so, you, yeah, I think you, you covered that definitely. You know, it's it, it does work out, and it, especially drafting late in the rounds, it's, you know, you really have to do your homework about what what wide receivers are, are key to helping you there. All right, and we're going to cover a little bit more on this topic in the next section. So let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back with the Smoke Alarm Bold Prediction section. All right, so 
we try to do trivia each week. Um, I have a trivia question, Mayor. Do you have a trivia question? I do not have a trivia question this week for you. All right. I've got one for you. Uh, listen closely to this one. How many Super Bowls? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, the trivia question is actually, um, so last season, the Chiefs, obviously, they won the Super Bowl. Um, they had a great year, but um, Patrick Mahomes did miss a couple of games. Matt Moore uh, started or played in a couple of games um, before that. So going back before last year, Alex Smith, Patrick Mahomes, who's the uh, the last uh, starting quarterback for the Chiefs who was not either Matt Moore, Patrick Mahomes, or Alex Smith? Let's see. I'll give you a hint. Okay. You want a hint? I do. All right. He has won a Super Bowl. Oh, that would be the Patriots backup, the old backup, but I can't think of his name, Matt Castle. No, he uh, he did start for the Chiefs. You're right, but there's a more recent one who actually won a Super Bowl as a starting quarterback. I give up. It is one Nick Foles, which I didn't even realize this until I looked at, looked into it for trying to find a trivia question that Nick Foles had started a game for the Kansas City Chiefs a few years ago um, when Alex Smith was still the starter. Wow. So, uh, yeah, interesting uh, trivia. And, and to launch off of that, what do you think is going to happen? We'll talk about Chicago, obviously, when we get to – um, their division, but what do, what do you think about um, Nick Foles and Mitchell Trubisky? You know, Nick Foles is, you know, he, he's going to win that job over Mitchell Trubisky. He's going to be the starter. You know, he, um, all he does, it seem he just seems to win big games every time he, he's in them. He's a Super Bowl champion and does it and had been on what, three or four football teams now. He just, I, I think his ability to adapt and, you know, Mitchell Trubisky is just not proved to be, you know, that uh, franchise quarterback that the Bears were looking for when they passed on Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, it's it's nice to rub it into all the Bears fans, but there's a lot of other teams that also passed on him. So, um, all right. So uh, you want to wrap things up this week? What are some things on your mind this week that we didn't cover? So. Do you, yes or no, right now, do you think Kansas City has a chance to get back into the Super Bowl? And do you think they're going to be yes. back in the Super Bowl? Yes. Okay. With no spoiler alerts other than that. I think they will be in the Super Bowl as well, but no spoiler alerts. All right. Well, if we're talking uh, about the Super Bowl, um, we're getting a little ahead of ourselves because we're going to do a big um, preview uh, for the whole season, the playoffs, the Super Bowl, um, right before the season starts. But um, do you have a favorite in the NFC at this point? 
Uh, no, you know, the NFC, we're going to keep that one a secret for now. And I think we may have exposed a little too much here on episode three, but I, I think the um, overwhelming majority would agree with us at the moment. Yeah, so I'll leave you with this. Um, I, my first year at the school that I teach, um, at, I had a student who um, told me I sounded exactly like Chris from Family Guy. And that's, I haven't been able to get that out of my head yet. So <laughs> that's where we are. <laughs> you, you know, I can, um, I, I, I agree, but I don't. I, I respectfully see his opinion, but you will always be known as the professor to me. Well, I appreciate that. Um, I, maybe I bring a little bit more uh, enthusiasm to the podcast than I do to, uh, reading some nonfiction text out loud to eighth graders. So maybe I sound a little bit more like that when I'm in the classroom. Who knows? All right. Anything else? Or are we ready to wrap this up and uh, call it a day? I think it's been a great episode, Professor. I look forward to doing it next week. All right. Um, we will. We'll do it. Again. Thank you very much. Uh, and we'll talk uh, next week. All right. Sounds good. All right, there you have it. Chris from Family Guy, whoever thought that would come up. Now you won't be able to ever get it out of your head. Uh, Thanks for listening. I'd like to thank the mayor, and we will talk to you next week.